when we first heard 750 babies a year born via surrogacy, we're like, dang, I thought that would have been more. Like, if I can share our journey and also encourage other women who have the ability to carry for someone else and raise that number, even if it's by 100 or double it, like, let's do that because, you know, praise God, that's awesome. When TikTok and Instagram take on a higher purpose in helping others to the ultimate goal, Samantha and Dan Matthews on this episode of Worldwide Celeb. World. She's all over my social media, my TikTok. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Music from YouTube. The real. Behind every internet famous face you see in your scroll is a real person with an entire life offline. Freedom of expression. These are their stories. Hello and welcome to Worldwide Celeb, where we strip away the digital curtain and introduce you to the real people behind the personalities you see every day as you scroll through your feed, click around the internet, or even listen to your favorite podcast. My name is Chris Kelly, and my guests this episode are on a unique journey, to say the least. What started as some fun on social media, documenting the life of their family, mom, dad, couple of little kids, has evolved into somewhat of an educational mission, an inspirational one even, bringing their followers along on a journey as a surrogate for other families who cannot have children. Just 750 babies a year, give or take, in the U.S. are born to surrogate mothers. So to say my guests are in a unique group is an understatement. To say they do what they do in the public eye, documenting the journey across several social media channels, podcast, website, and more, makes it even more so. Dan and Samantha Matthews, otherwise known as... Uh, I'll say at we are Dan and Sam. Welcome <laughs> to Worldwide Celeb. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. That was a that was a great intro. That really was. If, if that was an ultrasound appointment, it would have gotten all clear. <laughs> <laughs> the transition there. Good segue. Before we get started, in every episode, I give our guests a secret word. It can be an ordinary word, or it can be something preposterous. But it's the guest's job to work that word into the conversation as many times as possible between now and the end of the episode. It's your job as a listener to try and figure out what the word is. There are no prizes. You don't win anything. It's just fun for the sake of stupid fun. Dan and Sam have been given their secret word off the air before the show, so keep your ear out for what you might think it is during the episode. Uh, so first things first, all of your stuff online says Midwestern family, but all I ever see on Dan's head is a Green Bay <laughs> Packers hat. So right. where exactly are you guys from? So we, we live in Springfield, Missouri, but... I grew up in Wisconsin, ah. uh, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, to yep. be exact. And, you know, once you're a cheesehead, you can't really go back. Um, if you quit being a cheesehead, you literally can't go back. <laughs> yeah. so. I married into it, so I just go along with it. She pretends to know. If she knows two players' names throughout the season, she's happy. Right. Are you a legitimate fan now, or are you just saying that because... Um, I am. I'm, I've got to figure out this year now that Rodgers is gone, though. Well, that's so. true. Well, Rogers is gone for everybody this that's year. That's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. My, uh, I am a lifelong Broncos fan, having oh, grown nice. up in Denver. And uh, sorry about Super Bowl Thirty Two for starters. Yeah. And uh, secondly, I my wife is British, so oh. she moved over here in 2015, uh, right or I guess 2016, right after the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and then you know she, because she's a Brit, she doesn't follow yeah. any American sports. So I'm like, well, I'm a Broncos fan. Now you're a Broncos fan. And exactly. you know what's happened since she became a Broncos fan? They haven't won squat. Oh, no. <laughs> you're like, can you not be a fan? Hey. Bringing in an outsider. Oh, man. It's been awful. It's just been the worst seven or eight years. I mean, great personally, but my sports life has been ruined by my wife, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, what? Uh, and in fact, I interviewed uh, a guy the other day who's a Chiefs fan. So I'm all right with Packers fans, but the Chiefs fans not so much. In yeah, no, no, hey, it's it's a tough place living in Missouri when you are not a Chiefs fan. I can imagine. Yeah, I yes. I remember visiting there for work once, and I intentionally wore a Broncos hat getting off the plane, and that did not yeah. fare well. <laughs> to be honest, though, walking around Walmart and stuff with Dan's Packers hat on, there's so many people who are like, "Hey, go Pack, go! Hey, go wow. Bay!" And so. They're around here. Isn't it, there a Packers bar here? There's a Packers bar here. And then apparently Tulsa, Oklahoma is the largest Packers fan base outside, outside of, of Wisconsin. Oh, nice. So, I mean, we're not far from there. Get out. That's crazy. Did not Let's know that. What, uh, what did you guys do or what do you do for work outside of what we're seeing online? Honestly, this is it. So we came from, I coordinated weddings for 10 years and then I worked for a nonprofit Dan did a bunch of construction and then he worked for the same nonprofit. Um, but yeah, we got to a point, it was about 2019 where we saw everyone else, you know, doing things online, podcast starting. Dan had always talked about wanting to start a hunting podcast being in Wisconsin. He's <laughs> hunted his whole life and it's very important to him. And he loves hearing stories and like talking about it and sharing it with other people. And he would talk about starting this podcast so long. I'm like, can you quit talking about it and just do it? Like I'm sick of hearing about it. Like just do yeah. it. So he... He started that. And at the same time, we were, I was starting to share more on our other platforms about like, you know, mom life, family, travel, RV renovation, RV life. And through that, we kind of just put all our eggs in one basket and quit the nonprofit, quit our other jobs. And we're like, let's just go full on and do this. And so, yeah, now we both um, do podcasting, social media. He has a hunting podcast. We have a podcast that we have uh, five episodes and we haven't, <laughs> we haven't done another one in a long time. Um, but yeah, several social media platforms and we just, yeah, share, educate, encourage, um, entertain people. Does it kind of blow your mind a little bit that that's a profession yeah. now? I mean, does yeah. it? Yeah. It does. And it really hits home whenever, like example, this morning we dropped our kids off from school and I'm like, dang, I'm tired. <laughs> we like came back home and took a nap. I'm like, this feels really weird, but also like I'm able to, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but yeah, it feels super strange, especially I think our family and friends are like, what the heck do you do? Like, what are you doing? And we explain it to them and they're like, you're like, you're serious. Like you dance on TikTok and you make money. And we're like, yeah, like, <laughs> Yeah, it seems weird, but that's true. I think the other weird thing is when people see us in public. Yeah. Like, we've had multiple times where people are like, hey, super weird. But. Are you Dan and Sam? And we're like, yeah, we are. Or I had a lady at church. This was probably the weirdest encounter. The funniest. Because uh, we did commercials for Chime for a little while, or we, we would send them like social TikTok media videos, videos yeah. sure. and they would post them. And this lady came up to me and they had aired a commercial of ours. And she walks up to me at church and she said, Hey, I don't want this to be weird, which already started <laughs> it weird. And she goes, are you the chime guy? And I'm like, uh, I started laughing. I go, yeah. And she's like, no, seriously. And I'm like, yeah, seriously. Yeah, that's me. And she like waves her friend over who apparently was standing back doing like an ultrasound of what we were doing in the conversation, <laughs> trying to scan and figure out who we are, what we're doing. And she waves her over. It's him. It's him. And she came over. I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. And like, yeah. do you want me to autograph something? Because I have a TikTok. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, I feel like the flow of chime. <laughs> yeah. 
it's just flow from progressive but it's so oh i get it flow flo not flow for a second i was yeah. like oh, the chime flows i was right? putting that together <laughs> i have it yes the flow gotcha um it just it it blows me away how you talk to so many of these people who just randomly started out yeah. putting stuff online and then now all of a sudden, two, three, four years later, it's like, no, this is all I do. I make a video yeah. a week and I whatever. What do you do the rest of the time? I go around and I scout places to film a video basically yeah. and then edit and put that up. And then I go on vacation for another month kind of a thing. Yeah. Yep. What at, yeah. at what point for you guys, what was the first thing you put out there where you're like, wait a second, I think this could be a thing? Um, I started on Instagram in 2019 and we were just sharing stories on um, flipping an RV and then again, just mom life. And at that same time, I there was two girls that would watch our kids and they were like, you need to get on TikTok. And I was like, no, like I don't want to do TikTok. But I got into it in 2020, you know, COVID. I think everyone started <laughs> getting on TikTok. And I, may, I was like, well, we were starting our first surrogacy journey then. And I'm like, well, I'm already posting on Instagram. Like, why don't I just do the same thing on TikTok? And I want to say it was some dancing TikTok announcing that we were starting a surrogacy journey. And I want to say maybe like 30,000 people like respond. I was like, oh, dang, that's wow. actually like, that's a good number for my first one. And then after several months, it's like, you know, I post something random, like on Thanksgiving, I posted that I did a rotisserie chicken instead of a turkey for Thanksgiving. <laughs> and everyone like got their panties in a wad. Was that 2020 was, you did that? That was in 2020. I did, yeah. I did ribs on Thanksgiving in oh, 2020. Nice. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. We I'm weren't like, having family that. or anything. So yes. it was like, you know what? I, I don't love turkey. I, yeah. I just don't. And I I said to my wife, what do you, what do you think we do some ribs? And she's like, yeah. let's make it a thing. Of course, I've had to do turkey every year since because yeah. family's around again, but. See, I didn't, I didn't like the thought of having, because I was hosting, it was just my fam my mom and my sister that came over with us mm -hmm. and the kids. But I'm like, I'm not going to destroy a turkey, nor do I know how to cook it for four to six hours. So I'm just going to get a rotisserie chicken. But I posted that and I want to say that hit like 300K. And I was like, okay. So I'm like, we could do like humorous stuff, but we could also do like surrogacy stuff. And then there were several after that that hit a million just or over a million just from sharing like different steps in our surrogacy journey. And we're like, okay, one, this is like new for people. They don't understand what surrogacy is and how it works right. and that like I'm carrying a baby that's not mine. No, I'm not giving the baby up. But like then people are curious, like how the baby got in there. And so um, <laughs> it's intriguing for people, but also I can use it a way to like educate and entertain people. Right. So, yeah, it was about um, 2020 that we were like, okay, there's like you know, people are interested in this. And then throughout that, we just continue to share our own personal life and like who we are and stuff. So at what point did uh, surrogacy popped into your head, not as a content thing, just as a thing, right? No. Yeah. So in 2018, we had our second child, our daughter in March, and my pregnancies were so easy. So like for all the way from the first ultrasound to delivery, like it was, I don't want to say a piece of cake, but like, I'm very thankful my body mm -hmm. held pregnancies well and I carried well and delivered well that I'm like this is kind of a no-brainer like I want to I like getting pregnant but I don't want any more kids we yeah, I feel like I get we're it. done parenting even though you're parenting for the rest of your life right. um you know you're a mom and a dad to, you, you don't want to reset the parenting no exactly. you don't want to believe me and yeah and so we were like hey we're done but I told Dan I was like I really enjoyed being pregnant and delivering like what about surrogacy and you know, I'm like, I can still go through that, but the baby's not ours. And he was like, wait, what? 
he's like, we're giving up a baby. I'm like, no. And then I explained, you know, what it entails. And um, yeah, we just started researching it, praying about it. And we're like, okay, let's do it. Um, Cause I couldn't shake that, that desire to like be pregnant again. Really? And just carry, because I didn't know my daughter was going to be our last one that I felt like I wasn't able to fully enjoy it as my last. And so I'm like, let's do it again. And then the, the, the crazy thing is, and I get it. I, uh, I didn't think I would understand to be honest yeah. with you when I asked that question, but I do understand it. I, my wife, she glows when she's pregnant, yeah. you know, she just it's has not a the same for everybody. You know, I feel awful for the people who are like right. throwing up morning sickness and just like, you know, high risk pregnancies. But for those of us who, you know, it is fairly easier and, you know, we glow, it's like, why not do it for someone else? <laughs> And it, and it is, you mentioned how for many it's not that easy. In mm-hmm. fact, for some, not only are you in, in some ways satisfying your own desire to carry a baby, yeah. but you are also helping somebody out that cannot perhaps yeah. carry a baby. Yeah, exactly. And it's like I, I, in a sense, felt like I would be gatekeeping something, sure. like shame on me for being able to like my body being able and not doing nothing, not doing anything about it. And I just kept thinking about, we have one life on this earth. Like why not use my body or like use my ability for good. And someone else is out here wishing they had that and they were able to do it, but can't. So like, why not I come alongside them and like help them in that journey. So the, the first time around you, obviously you were more into the idea of being a surrogate first. Mm -hmm. And then at what point did you go, maybe this is something I could share online? Yeah. um, So it was technically we've done it three times, but we're on our second full journey right now. So the first time was in 2020 when I started sharing and I started sharing from the beginning only because, you know, the way I shared it with our followers at that time was, Hey, we share our life with you. Every aspect of it, good, bad, hard, enjoy, like joy, and we want to continue sharing our life, but share this journey as just something that we're doing, something that we're a part of, something that we're, you know, going into. And so we shared from the beginning just as a way of continuing to share our life. But now it's turned into like more of an advocating for surrogacy sure. and educating. Um, and so it was first just, hey, this is our life. This is what we're doing today. I have an ultrasound appointment. Tomorrow I have, you know, I don't know, a shot to do. And so I'm just sharing that process. But now, yeah, it's like we're after our very first journey, they ended up getting pregnant naturally, which is like a huge miracle. So we didn't do, we didn't continue on with that one. But then our um, second journey, our first full journey, we, you know, went through the whole um, pregnancy and had the baby. And so now after that one, it's like, let's do it again. And just continuing to advocate for it because people are so intrigued by it and encouraged by it. And then like you said, uh, the stat earlier, 750 babies right. a year born via surrogacy. When we first heard that, we're like, dang, I thought that would have been more. I did like, too. I did too. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, if I can share our journey and also encourage other women who have the ability to carry for someone else and raise that number, even if it's by a hundred or double it, like, let's do that. Cause right. you know, some people are able, but they don't know how to go about it or see if they meet the requirements. So yeah, it just became... From sharing our life to now advocating and sharing our life. I, and it makes sense. I'm glad you came back and clarified because you said something about this is our third time, but we're only yeah. on our second. And I was thinking, well, wait a second. The math doesn't are, matter. Are you, <laughs> girl math. are you a witch? What's going on? Girl How math. do you know there's another one? But so that makes sense. So the first family that yeah. you were go- going to do it for ultimately mm-hmm. got pregnant on their own. 
Yeah. And so we shared the, you know, the emotions of, well, dang, I thought it was supposed to be a surrogate and everything was going well and perfect. Like, why, why did it, um, like, why am I not able to carry? But then I thought to myself, like, this is the whole goal was for them to bring home a baby. And if she's able to bring home her baby, like, praise God, that's awesome. And so, yeah, they had kind of some like unexplained infertility. They had several early, early losses where they just couldn't get past eight weeks. And this time in particular, um, we actually canceled a med cycle because uh, my lining wouldn't thicken. So we were going to start again. Um, but she, we had a zoom call with them and they were like, Hey, we're eight weeks pregnant. We're shocked. We, we usually wow. had to use medication to get pregnant. And so we weren't expecting this. Like, it's like um, finding out know. you were outbid on a house or something yeah. at the last yeah, year. Right. <laughs> right. I was like, Oh, awesome. I you know what? Actually... We've got a cash offer. For you. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and and, you know, full transparency, it saved them thousands of dollars yeah, sure. of going through with surrogacy and, you know, a lot of, you know, probably heartache too, but they, her pregnancy was like picture perfect. Oh, good. Everything was so great. And they had a healthy baby girl. And again, it was like, that's, that's the goal of, you know, what could, what everyone wants to happen. So, so t- talk about them. that surrogate process from matching with the family all the way through the science of it. Uh, yeah. Like, so let's pretend I'm totally stupid and have done absolutely no research and walk me through the step-by-step. Yeah, definitely. So first step first is like making sure you meet the requirements because not everyone does. You have to have like a certain range of a BMI, your age. You can't be on antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. Um, You can't be on any like state assistance just because they don't want a woman to use surrogacy as a way to like, you know, to just make money because yes, there's the compensation side of things, but that's not the primary reason to do it. This isn't like a job. Every, Every now and then people will do it as, you know, income. Sometimes it's just for savings or, you know, college fund for their kids or something. But if you're depending on it, for example, our first journey, if I was depending on it, I'd be like, you know, basically shit out of luck because I didn't get pregnant. So I wouldn't get compensated. So you can't, you can't be on assistance and kind of be in dire need of that income. And so once you meet the requirements, you start to, you know that you can be a surrogate. And so you match, you can either go through an agency or go independent. If you go through an agency, they're kind of like the middleman and they help match you. They help communicate between the fertility doctor and you and the attorneys in you and just make sure that you're taken care of and just kind of support you through the journey. If you do it independently, um, which that was like our first one, you can match either if you know a family member or a friend that you know needs a surrogate or there's match groups on Facebook. It's kind of like blind dating. (laughs) You like put your profile out there like, hey, I'm a gestational carrier looking for intended parents. This is kind of what I'm looking for in a journey and you match. And so you kind of want to find someone who you have similar beliefs, similar interests, just because you're on this like year process of a journey with them. You're basically in like a relationship with them for over a year and you want someone that you can like get along with that you, um, you know, like I said, you have the same values and beliefs that way there's no like hindrance in the relationship because there's so there's so much going on there's so many intricate details from like every appointment that you have to go through that you don't want to like disagree on like something dumb or something small right. that you could have avoided you know and so, emotions are heightened oh, for with sure. the oh, surrogacy journey yeah. you know like there's with lots a, a variety of reasons why people do it but it's just an emotional process all the way through sam isn't like a crazy emotional person when she has to take 70 <laughs> shots in the rear end every like yeah. for a journey, yeah. well, her emotions start going up. Yes. And yeah, to, to find people that you've 
got common interests with yeah, and, and they, aren't going to fight about. And yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, guys... Dan, you're the one that knows that firsthand, that her emotions <laughs> skyrocket oh, oh, through I the do. process. Yeah. Yeah, it's, right. it's that and pregnancy brain. I, I know. I, know. I was, was going to clarify. Like, my wife, like I say, she glows during pregnancy, but it does but, not come without a price, my friend. Right. I know. <laughs> exactly. there, there's more to it than just all rainbows and sunshine. Exactly. I, t- I tell Sam, I can tell when pregnancy brain kicks in. And the other day we were doing something. And she's like, yeah, I mean, he was just, oh. he was just chewing at the nib. And I go, he was what? And she's like, like chewing, chewing at the nub? Nibbling at the chew? And I go, I go, are you trying to think of chomping at the bit? And she just lost it. And I I'm like, think of it. How? I'm like, that was, I mean, I kind of get it, but also like you weren't even close. No. It would have taken you a full day to figure that one out. I could not. It was like at the tip of my tongue, but that's so funny. I'm not even pregnant right now. That's maybe birth control, Sam. When Chewing Sam's on birth nib. control, that's, that's a whole nother emotion yeah. too. And yeah, so with all the medication and stuff, you know, after you match you, then you go through the process of, okay, am I medically cleared? So they do like a an ultrasound like saline sonogram to look at your uterus making sure um medically and like organ wise like you're good to go and then you send your birth records to the fertility doctor they have to look at your past birth to see if you you know were high risk or you had any complications because they want like a candidate who has like smooth pregnancy smooth labor um and then you everything's contractual so you have an attorney the intended parents have an attorney all the money's held up in escrow or at least that's the good way to do it. Till the so cash that, again, buyer comes along, yeah. then you get that back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want everything to be, you know, legit and contractual. And so, you know, you sign the papers. And then after that, you do an IVF transfer. So just in vitro fertilization, the embryos are already created. I was what's called a gestational carrier, meaning the embryo doesn't include my DNA. So it's not my egg. It's mm. not Dan's sperm. It's the intended parent's embryo or like a donor egg and donor sperm or whatever. So it's an embryo that's already created that then is placed inside of me via a catheter. Um, and she does not have to sleep I with the not, husband. No, I, I was going to say, that's probably a common yeah. question, isn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I didn't cheat. Um, no one's hooking up. No turkey basters are used. In this. Turkey baster. <laughs> it's oh, man. The, the questions you get is very interesting. And I think that's what um, social media, like what brings the views to is people are like, wait, what happened? Wait, who'd you sleep with? Wait, did you cheat on your husband? Wait, what? Um, well, full transparency. When you first brought this idea to me, oh, yeah, you didn't she said understand. surrogacy. I didn't even... I don't know that I'd heard the word in my life. And at that point, and I've I, seen Baby Mama, which is a bad depiction. I was going like, to say, go is. back to uh, all the way back. This is, I don't know. How, well, you guys are in your 30s, right? So you yeah. might remember yeah. the movie um, Indecent Proposal. With uh, I don't think I've seen that. It was who was it? It was Woody Harrelson and Robert Redford and Demi Moore, I think. And okay. he offers a million dollars to sleep with this dude's woman or something. Yeah. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but it's that's probably what you anticipated. Like, yes. wait a second, so. What you're telling me is you're going to have somebody else's baby, which means you're going to have to go sleep with some exactly. woman's yeah. husband yeah. and yeah. make like, it happen. I don't know. I was like, I don't know about this at all. You know, like, and she's like, well, this is how it happens. And she walked me through the process because one thing that I was con- concerned about, and some people do this, I was like, I don't want your baby mm-hmm. going like to someone else, yeah. right? To somebody else. Like, I feel like it would almost be a partial adoption type of thing. And she's like, no, no, no. It would be 100% their genetics, not mine at all. And for some reason, I've always thought about that. You know, people do have a baby for somebody else and basically give it up to them. But I just, 
I was like, it would just seem weird to me to know that I've got kids out yeah. there that I don't yeah. have a relationship with or like with 23 and me. Oh yeah. All of a sudden they're like, Hey, <laughs> turns out you're actually my dad. Yeah. You know, I can't imagine how and all those sperm donors are doing right now right. The, that's why from I the nineties. Oh, didn't right. Know. I didn't even think about actually. You're right. Right. That's why I didn't feel comfortable being a traditional surrogate. Cause I'm like, dang, cause it was a traditional surrogate. It would be my egg. Like, you know, let's say it's a same sex couple who couldn't, um, you know, create an embryo and they needed an egg. There's some traditional surrogates out there, but I'm like, dang, I, I couldn't do that. And Go to bed at night knowing or thinking, where is my child? Like, are they take, being taken care of? Are they loved? Are they are they okay? Are they healthy? Like, I could not do that. But I'm like, oh, it's your baby? Okay, yeah, I'll carry your baby. And then you, you're responsible for your child. <laughs> but surely you, you, even though you're, I guess, what would the, the correct analogy be? Like, you're the... the the, the vessel, um, the, the thing yeah, the, that... Oh, the, the incubator. Bun. Yeah, the yeah. incubator, the right. Oven. We're the oven, it's their bun. Yeah. So basically, what? I mean, you still like a lot of people are like, how can you just give the baby away? And the way that I explain was my it is, question is yeah, you, from you the, form a bond anyway, I would imagine, yes, right? You do. And I, I explain it as like, it's, you don't carry that motherly role because that's not my role to fill. And I feel like that would be very disrespectful because the baby has a mom, the baby, like the baby has parents, but I am definitely like emotionally attached to like the pregnancy and to the baby and that I care for the baby and I want the baby to be well and healthy and loved because of me helping grow this child. Um, and I want them to be healthy for the parents. I want them to like, you know, fully develop for the parents and that I'm excited for every milestone, but it's for them. It's not for us. You know, we're not picking out names. We're not, um, you know, buying baby clothes and stuff like that. We're just going to each ultrasound appointment, you know, do, doing the doctor's appointments and then I have the baby. And so, yeah, like it's, it's a weird thing. Cause you, you are emotionally attached, but you're not like maternally attached. I feel like, I feel like it would be like renovating a kitchen for somebody, right? You help them design it. You yeah. pick out the counters, you're actually yeah. installing it's it and baby. doing the work in like, you're, you're very invested into yes. it, but you know, at the end of the day, it's not your house. It's not yeah. your kitchen. Exactly. Yeah, that's, sure, that's why I don't renovate kitchens. Yeah. I mean, I <laughs> I feel like, uh, I mean, and I get it, the rewarding feeling, Sam, that you must have yeah. uh, going through the journey and, and being connected on somewhat of a spiritual level with a child that's not mm -hmm. necessarily your child. Yeah. But, but how do you feel about it, Dan? Because like as a, as a dad of two myself, obviously there's extra things involved when my wife is pregnant. Mm -hmm. And there's things that you are also participating in and helping the journey go forward, but you kind of view it as like good for the family. And then obviously it's all about taking part for when the baby arrives. And, but I feel like knowing in advance, this isn't my kid. I'm not going to, I don't get all of those yeah. things. I feel like it's the dad of the house. It might, it might take me a while to get my head around. Yeah. I think at first I was, I was kind of concerned about, I had a lot of concerns <laughs> up front. I was like, I don't really know about this. I don't know why we we would be doing this. Uh, the health risks involved, right? Right, that too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, this is this is a high risk pregnancy, um, just because it's IVF, and so I'm like, just for my wife's well being. But to see her heart behind it and her passion to do this and help somebody else, uh, I got on board pretty quickly. I was like, you know you've got my support a hundred percent and she's always done that for me. Like if I've got an idea, if I want to chase a passion, uh, she's my number one cheerleader. So yeah. I was like, you know what, let's do it. But I did have those concerns. Hey, 
are you going to be attached or are you going to have like postpartum depression? And we started reading up about a lot of that stuff. And one of the biggest things was plan a big event for after. And like so we're like, okay. Family. Yeah. And, and tell the kids from the beginning, because that was the other thing. I'm like, yeah, I don't right. want my kids to get attached to this. That baby. was my next question. Mm-hmm. Well, how, yeah. how do they, how do you explain to them how this is? Well, mama's got a baby in there. Yeah. This is not going to be your brother or sister. Yeah, yeah, we we started that really early. Um, they were probably too young because then right after we told them every single day, they're like, is the baby in your belly? Is the baby in your belly? And we're yeah. like, no, we're like still doing contracts like they didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, we told them and we wanted them to know beforehand. We were like, hey, remember meeting this couple? And they're like, yeah. And we're like, mommy's going to have a baby for them. Their baby's going to be in mommy's belly. Like, and do you think that would be nice? And they're like, that would be. <laughs> and they're like, it's not our baby. And we're like, no, it's not. It's theirs. And so randomly i'd be like hey whose baby is this yeah we just and they would them. they would answer their baby mm-hmm. you know oh, and wow. so we, we never said the words brother or sister and ours are 18 months apart and so my oldest never remembers my daughter coming home because he was only 18 months but um but we'd never want to say that and put that thought in their head and so we always yeah would remind them like oh remember it's theirs and then but my daughter would still come up and rub my belly and kiss my belly and, oh, baby, baby, baby. Yeah. But she knew at the end of the day that, you know, it was their baby. It wasn't ours. And a lot of articles told us, like, get a puppy, yeah. go on a big trip. <laughs> and what did we do? Puppies we did solved both. everything. We, we got an RV, drove across the country to Montana, picked up a little puppy, yeah. and then traveled for six months. And it was, it was. just a big... It was a way to get our mind yeah. off of it and to really just not think about like, oh my gosh, that just happened. Yeah. yeah. It was a good distraction because, you know, I, with mine, I never had postpartum depression or anything, but this is, was a new journey. Like your body doesn't realize that the baby you just carried isn't coming home with you. And so your, your body doesn't know how to handle that. Oh, and right. then it's like, you know, post delivery, you're why like I'm producing milk and I'm supposed to feed a baby. Where's this baby that I'm supposed to feed? Like your body doesn't know. So I had a couple days of just like, just emotions of, I think just the over that. I feel like that's normal. Just overwhelm. Like it all happens so fast and then it's done. And then it's like, okay, it's over. But almost immediately I was able to just turn my attention onto something else. We like downsized our, our living. And so we had to go through all of our stuff. We had to like prepare to hit the road that I was just all my attention and energy was on something else. And I think that's the best thing to do or else if it's just someone who, you know, there's a lot of like stay at home moms that do this or someone that has just like a part-time job. If they come home to nothing and no one for six months, you're only in your thoughts and in your head and, you know, you're thinking and I feel like that's the worst thing that you can do because it's just, I mean, that's just personally like what I think that I'm like, dang, that'd be hard to, process that alone you know it's especially because i think i read somewhere along the way like after you give birth Mm -hmm. the obviously the baby goes to their family and you're still left pumping and all of these things so do you i I mean is this are they i guess i should have asked are the families local so that you guys are able to So it just depends yeah so sometimes people do it for like international families so they have you know have a baby for someone and never see them again there's times where they are in your state or there may be states away and you may have a close relationship where you are kind of like an aunt to the baby and you see them yearly or, you know, 
cold, they come to visit you, but then there are times where people just want to live a more private life, which with our first journey, they desire to live a private life. And so we, we haven't seen them since we delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we want to respect them and their family and their, um, their privacy. We pray for them. We think about them often and, you know, we kind of wish them well, but know that what we vowed to do, we did for them. And so it can be, if, you know, if you're, it's good to mentally prepare for what that postpartum, that outcome is going to look like. Like, are you going to be able to see the baby? Is it going to be hard for you to see the baby? Are you still going to be attached? And so you just kind of have to do what is best for you and also what the intended parents want as well. Cause everyone desires different things, which again, goes back to having a good match and just making sure you guys kind of agree on the same things. But yeah, sometimes they're international and you don't, you don't see them again. And depending on if you need to pump for them depends on if they need milk. And if you do, you know, you just pump and ship it. Thankfully our um, first one, they didn't need the milk, which also helped that I, I was able to pump a little bit and I just donated the milk that I had to um, a family here locally. And it was a way again, to get my mind off of, you know, what just happened and to like put it into something else and like working towards something and, you know, (laughs) achieving something. So I want to go back quickly though, to Dan, whenever we talked about him and his role, like as a husband of a surrogate and how that all played out, like I had to have his help on board. Like I had to have his full support because like you said, in pregnancy, there's a lot that the husband has to, or the partner has to do and help with. It's like, I have the days where I'm sick and I can't get out of bed or the kids need something. And I like, don't have the energy to, um, but along with that, there's the 70 shots that I had to take to the rear that like he gave me all, but maybe four shots. And it's like, if I didn't have his full support, him like walking alongside me in this journey, I wouldn't have been able to do it. And so going into another one, it makes it easy knowing, okay, I have him, I have his support. I have, you know, his help with it that I, that's a huge thing for me is just having your, someone in your family that like will, will support you and help you through the journey. (laughs) You you mentioned the breast milk. I, it's funny, only, only just, so my, my youngest Mm -hmm. will be three next month. Oh, nice. And only just honest to God, in the last couple of weeks has my wife thrown out all the frozen breast milk that was in our freezer. Really? I don't understand the, you know the something? sentimental attachment to it. Yes, but. there is, honestly. So I actually, in our freezer, have one bag left. I, when we, before we hit the road in the RV, I donated all of it and I had just stopped producing. But there was like one, four days later after I stopped producing, we were on the road and I was like, oh, I feel some milk coming in. So I pumped a little bit and it was like, maybe an ounce, but I put it in the freezer and it stayed in our (laughs) RV freezer until we stopped traveling. And like we moved into apartment, it's now in the apartment, but, um, my doctor had, or my daughter has, um, real goopy eyes right now. And like not pink eye, but just like allergies and stuff. And I asked our doctor, Hey, what should I do? And they were like, use these silver drops, but also if you have breast milk on hand, yeah. use those. And I was like, I have breast milk. See, that's <laughs> so how like, she tried to like, justify yes. to me why she was keeping it's it. It's literally liquid gold and there's so many like healing properties to it. And I'm like, you know what? If I use one little droplet of that for the rest of, I don't know. We're going to be like <laughs> breast milk preppers. We're going to have a whole <laughs> storage real. room full of breast yeah, milk. That's, it's a hard thing to part with. Funny sure. story. Uh, after my five-year-old was born, uh, we had gone on a cruise when she mm-hmm. was like eight or nine months old. My wife obviously quit drinking uh, when she was pregnant, and she wasn't drinking when after uh, our daughter was born because she was breastfeeding mm-hmm. or whatever. Tough well, we're going on vacation, so she's like, you know, I, I'd like to have a few beers. So I'm going to bring yeah. my pump along, and I'm just going to pump, 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 and then pump and dump, pump. obviously. when Pump and dump, and, yeah. Uh, 
she forgot the charger oh, for no. the uh, thing. So it was like battery powered, but you know, you, obviously that only lasts a couple of times. So we got off the cruise ship in St. Thomas mm-hmm. and went on a hunt for a charger that would work yeah. on this uh, breast pump and found one, kind of. Yeah. And thought, well, all right, well, this works. So we came back. I plugged it in. It worked fine. And we went about our business, came back to the cabin. And this charger was definitely not the right charger because I swear to God, we almost burned down that cruise ship with that. Oh if the thing was melted. And uh, I that would have been a bad... Did she have to self-express? <laughs> I, you know, I don't remember what she did off the top of my head. Um, uh-huh. But I know it wasn't... I remember it always being a thing. All right, I have to ask. I feel like everyone's always curious. Did you Have you tried it? Have you tried breast milk? I never did, no. It always... You never did? No. I did for the first time when I was pumping um, after I was postpartum with Surobabe. I had never had... Dan, when did you try it? I tried it a couple times. I'm not going <laughs> to so, say too if, much, if, but straight from the tap, it's pretty good. If it's one time, it's a try. If it's more than once, yeah. you're not trying it anymore. You're actually... <laughs> no, for real, I, I was talking to my buddy, and he's like, dude, breast milk is strangely good. Wait, and like, did you like, say straight from the tap? It just yeah. clicked in yeah. my oh I, oh, I said straight from the tap. Uh, I... I uh I was talking to my buddy and he was telling me he's like yeah dude uh cuz he they got pregnant before we did and he's like yeah man it's actually good it's like sweet it's almost like almond milk <laughs> oh and I was God. like really okay like I it's not it. almond milk it's melon milk but uh <laughs> I'll give it a try and I was like <laughs> I told Sam one day she's like would you try it and I was like only if it's straight from the tap. Oh, man. And okay. She's like, oh, of course. Of course you would. You're always thinking that. And I'm like, all right. I, so, I mean, at the risk of being too personal, I I avoided the tap for that reason. I just couldn't because yep. I feel like I'm... Uh, Invading. Yeah, like that's not my that's not mine to have. So you yeah. just you guys go ahead and you have have that and you know. I'll Listen, go. it was mine before it was theirs, <laughs> well, so they can they can take a backseat on this that's one. Fair. There's there's as plenty there. As long as I wasn't in pain, like I didn't care. Well, yeah, but... that's the other thing too. Is yes. I just remember oh, the yeah. constant pain every time. Oh, listen, one, one not... of them would latch on there and she'd wince like. Yeah. Oh. Like, oh. People are gonna get a wrong idea <laughs> of this. this. I'm not drinking like, a bottle's no. worth. All right. Like, I'm not yeah, sitting like, there and she's rocking me. Maybe. That yeah. is so funny. Getting, getting burped over her shoulder when right, you're done kind of a thing. I, well, I found out there's actually a, a bee that produces milk. A bee? Yeah, a booby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I walked right into that one. Oh, my gosh. Really? That um, was funny. Actually, actually, a good segue there. Obviously, what you guys do is not all surrogacy business so yeah. you do have some regular fun on your channels as well for sure you posted uh and actually it's it's a good time to bring this up just getting to see a little bit of dan's personality you guys posted one of those um like a filter video on uh, the other day where like a picture of you two was converted into a pixar animation yeah. if you remember what i'm talking yeah. about uh-huh. <laughs> and the caption i think you had put on the on the thing was why did he age so much because dan came out the other side with like this gray beard oh, and whatnot. Yeah. but should we not instead be talking about why you came out of it cross-eyed for yeah. some reason <laughs> oh <true>. i <laughs> silver fox I'm, I'm like it kind of makes sense because if you watch any tv today or any cartoon like the women are always gorgeous and brilliant yeah, and the guys fair. are just big dumb oafs. You know, they're just like, Oh, I don't know what to do. I have to have my hand held everywhere. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, when, when that popped out, I was like, of course you're stunning. Also, and here I am like a gold 
Not a gold digger. Yeah. What what do you call just a rich dude? I don't know. You look like the gold digger. I just look like a rich guy who landed a hot young. You look like the the Dosekis guy, but cross eyed. (laughs) Oh yeah, the most interesting man in the world. There you go. That's right. Listen, if I look like that dude when I'm older, I'll be happy. Any other fun social TikTok y kind of things you guys have have done and have a blast with or Yeah, I mean it's always fun. So on Dan's he has a separate page all about hunting hunting and outdoors and you know we share about his podcast and stuff so we'll constantly talk about hunting humor and how like which is very applicable to even just like husbands who golf or play video games games. it's like it's the same thing where it's you know the wife's always nagging like why are you out so late or what do you and it's we play into that humor of it because on you know tiktok you can't share those kill shots or the you know mounted animals or anything and so we just yeah play into the humor side of it the husband wife content and then on our own page recently we've shared about I got into meal prepping. No, let you me did tell not you. get into meal prepping. <laughs> this is not. It's restaurant meal prepping. Everyone else does the work for me. I just put it in Tupperware. She basically Tupperware. she just caters food from places and then throws it in a Tupperware. cheap Tupperware <laughs> and pretends she's meal prepping like all these earthy moms. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> How much uh, you mentioned before? So part of the podcast is most of the podcast is just about getting to know you, the the people behind what people see yeah. online. So being conscious of how much time I've taken from you guys, we'll kind of blow through these last handful here. Uh, A lot of these are questions that I ask everybody just kind of as a behind the influencer sort of a thing. So Mm -hmm. how much time do you guys spend on social media, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, et cetera, not creating content, but just viewing stuff? Do you have like, you know, your private accounts where you just keep up with friends and family and whatnot? We don't have, I have like a private Facebook that I never check because I feel like whenever I'm on it, I feel like I'm working Right. and everyone who personally wants to see my life, they can just go to my other page unless there's like a private matter. Like whenever we bought land, I was like, oh, here's where we bought land. But on my own personal page, I don't spend too much time. But whenever I'm like scrolling on my pages, I probably spend a couple hours a day. I probably should spend less, but it's also a time for me to like gather information or like see what's trending and see like you know, what style content I should put out next or what video we should put out next. But also it's entertaining. Like who doesn't just like chill in for a minute and like scroll and just, you know, <laughs> just being entertained. So she's, she's the brains behind the operation, like, like the hey, social media, the podcasting video. side, you just show I'm up just the cross eyed yeah. ogre, you know, <laughs> that I, so I scroll quite a bit. I'll, I'll save videos also for my channel or if there's something that Sam and I can He'll do, but for the most part, I'm the, I'm the one taking it all in. Yeah. I'm just like, wa- I'm just watching to watch to kill time. Yeah. Uh, but lately it's been more watching suits on Netflix. So <laughs> yeah. I've scrolled. Do you less. as, as a couple, uh, not necessarily as a, an influencer type couple, but as a normal couple, do you, this, and this is a question that occurs to me as I have more and more couples on here now, uh, do you ever lay in bed next to each other or sit on the couch next to each other both scrolling and text a video or a meme or whatever to your partner next to you without saying anything no i don't think i ever have well just in the moment he'll be laughing i'm like what are you laughing at and then i'll watch and then i'll die laughing but no i wouldn't yeah i don't think i've ever like sent you one without saying anything typically when when we're sitting down or laying down doing something we're like actually shoulder to shoulder so i'll just kind of nudge her and show her it 
That's um, funny, though. And then she might be like, yeah, send that to me. When but, I say that, though, I, I say send it to me because then I'm like, oh, that's a good one that I could change the narrative of it to fit his hunting page right. or, you know, to fit our content. So it's more of like a business. Yeah, I'm, all, I'm also not the guy who, like, if I'm downstairs and she's upstairs, I don't text her. Like, I'll just Wait. run upstairs quick. He or, saves yeah, really? he saves it. And then he's like, then he'll go through like seven or eight saves all in one sitting. He's like, these were all the ones I, you know, thought you'd like. Yeah. What, uh, so kind of a lightning round here as we get through these next few, what is your worst bad habit, each of you? Oh, what's mine, babe? What's yours? Oh, Putting Dan would Chipotle probably say and that Tupperware. I go to the bathroom and not turn the fan on. <laughs> Oh, oh! He gets on to me. <laughs> wow! She forgets to That's flush the toilet, level. and oh, she I doesn't the turn toilet. the. Fa- I just don't this morning I went in there and it was not flushed. Oh, that's because I showered right after, and I can't flush because then the water's gonna. No, be the weird <laughs> habit that Sam has, I'm gonna throw her. She brushes her teeth in the oh, shower, that's, and I oh, think it's that's the stuff. weirdest thing. But that is uh, that is definitely superior time management, is what that is. It's all pipes, you know. Right, exactly, and it's minty, fresh. What's your bad habit? I don't know. What bad habit do I, I have? Farting in the car and not rolling the window down. Probably. That's <laughs> no, that's bad, just... though. I don't know a bad habit. Yeah, I don't know about a bad habit. I don't the, think... By the way, Sam, the secret there is when he's alone, he rolls the window down. That's yeah, for your right? benefit. Yeah. Yeah. I guess don't smell my car. <laughs> <laughs> what, it's uh, always rolling the dice. I'm like, I don't know if it's going to smell or not. I don't want to alert that I farted. So I'll just leave it up and then we'll all find out together. <laughs> what What are your guilty pleasures? Like binging a certain TV show, something you yeah. can't do without, maybe nobody would know you're into. We watched Love Island, Nightly. the UK Love Island <laughs> ah, every night. The best part is their accents. Like we can't, we're, we probably won't touch the USA Love Island because I just, it's just different. Those accents. It the is, accents are that, good. That is my entire set of in-laws sound like yes, that. Right? We, we started we started The Bachelor and Bachelorette years ago Haven't and picked it back up. We though. we watched every episode of that and it was just like cringy TV. You're like, are these yeah. people for real? Like these can't be actual people. And the UK Love Island is pretty special and it's a big deal yeah. over there for sure. Yeah. What uh, what music do you guys listen to? Best concerts you've ever been to? Uh, the last concert I think I went to was Ben Rector, <laughs> maybe like Reliant K, like back in the day. I, I'm not a concert person because they just like scare me. I'm like, stuff could happen in the concert <laughs> and I don't want to be there. But song wise, I don't know. I don't think, yeah, neither of us are really concert goers. Mm-hmm. We're not super big into music. Um, my, my music that Country. I've listened to from when I was a kid, my older sister used to listen to them. Uh, Counting Crows. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll yeah. listen to Counting Crows all day long. Mine's a mix. You oh. never know. It's like Hollow Coves by Coastline. It recently has been my go-to. But then I'm like, I like Usher, and I also like Sam Hunt. So <laughs> <laughs> All over the map. I really am. What is a hobby that each of you might have that would surprise people who know you or fancier? So not any of the obvious, like, hunting, obviously, off yeah. the list. Yeah. Uh, disc golf. Disc I, golf, really? I'm really big into disc golf. I've done that basically my whole life. He's and good at it too. Yeah. If I'm if there's one thing that I'm like I could go pro in, it's probably disc golf. Wow. That's fancy. Sam, what about you? <sighs> Sam as a mom needs better hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say a lot of people don't know. I danced hip hop for like oh, I don't know, ten years. Did a little bit of break dancing, but I don't do it much anymore because now I'm like I'm taking my kids to their activities that like I don't right. have time for mine. 
But if I, I've told Dan recently that I want to go back and do like hip hop class because it's just fun. I mean, and I think I get that outlet a little bit on TikTok with the dances is like I'm able to use my rhythm a little bit. But she's got real, she has real skills when it comes to dance, not just TikTok. Not TikTok. Yeah, there are TikTok. (laughs) There's TikTok skills and then there's actual dance skills. Like choreography. I don't even have TikTok skills. Neither do I. (laughs) I have no desire to learn either for what it's worth. Do you guys have any celebrities that follow you on any of your platforms online? Ooh. Sam, uh, we can't go. Well, I don't know if we can. What are you saying? Uh, oh, Kim yes. Kardashian. Um, Kim? Yeah. I think follows. I don't know for sure if she follows her, but we know from another person that we know that Kim K saw Sam's saw stuff and then started stuff. talking about her a lot. And because yeah. of, really? you know, Kim, you know, had the surrogate and through that just like oh right yeah i came across her page and i i guess she liked i don't know the surrogacy content and stuff so that i was gonna say i think there's like a um an olympian woman that follows me because she is on an infertility journey but that's the only person that i really know see that's where you feel like you're actually doing legitimate content yeah. like educational content with a purpose as opposed to just type of you know whatever the, the yeah trends for sure are. I've had a lot of uh, cool. NFL players, oh yeah, that, baseball players that follow, or baseball players. Um, in fact, I, there's a baseball player from um, the Tigers, I think, coming down to hunt with me this year. And I don't, <laughs> oh really, dude? I don't even know his name. It's <laughs> a through friend a, friend, a friend, and he's like, "Hey, dude, my buddy does this. He he loves your podcast. Can he come down and hunt?" Side note is he's a catcher for the Tigers, and I was like. Okay. Wow. Sure, bring him. I don't care. Um, and then, yeah, I've had I've had several NFL players on or former NFL players on um, on your hunting podcast. Yep, nice. on the hunting podcast. And aside from that, I don't I don't really know. What is the podcast called, by the way? It's called the Nomadic Outdoorsman. That sounds very uh, very manly. <laughs> yeah. <right>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. with outdoorsman in the title, you know, is going to be pretty Bunch of cross-eyed good. dudes wandering around the outdoors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, to finish up kind of the, the wrap here, everybody has some kind of go-to wisdom they whip out from time to time, like whatever that sage advice is that maybe you were given as a kid, you were given as you were graduating high school or starting your career or having your first child or any number of situations and it's usually the advice that you lean on and repeat and share with others when asked for advice. So it's like that one thing on any topic whatsoever, what is the most sage advice you've ever been given you feel like would be good to share with others? Yeah. Um, Dan and I had this mentor a couple years back tell us, we were just talking about our life and we were a young married couple, like down on our luck and just trying to figure out what's next for us. And he just encourage us to always choose adventure, like in whatever decision in life, always take the adventurous route. And I kid you not, it has never steered us wrong. Like, no, we don't always make, you know, the best decision or the most thought out decision, but it has been like the avenue for so much fun and excitement in our life. Like we, you know, chose to do the RV life and, you know, something like surrogacy that not a lot of people do. And even like Dan starting his podcast, it's like you could analyze something for years and years and years, but there's a point where you just have to take a step. You just have to do something and you're never going to regret taking the adventurous route. You're never going to regret like trying something new and going out on a limb. And so that's what we encourage people to do. Just like choose adventure, get outside, do something fun, do something that like not a lot of people are doing. Or yeah, like, I mean, we had the option to stay in Missouri or 
on a whim moved to Colorado. And it was like, that sounds more adventurous. Let's go. Better football teams in Colorado. For <laughs> hey. <laughs> if- <laughs> Not recently. <laughs> no, I know. Not for all, but you should have been there in the 90s and 2000s. Yes. It was a lot of fun. The 80s all that even. pot those Coloradans <laughs> yeah, are smoking. Okay. I, I, uh, to, to wrap it, wrap it, I, you had mentioned earlier you didn't know how to make a turkey, and I've got a full foolproof way oh. to make a turkey for you. This okay. is how I learned how to do it 20-some years ago when I was 20-something, and I... Had no you idea, could, so. and I was having all these people over, and it's like, and in fact, I had asked on the radio station I was on at the time. I said, "How I need? I've got all these people coming over. I don't know how to make a turkey. Can yeah. somebody help me out?" And I, all these people sent in the way to do it, and the way that I settled on then, and I've done it this way forever and ever since, is you get a turkey bag. That's Ooh, the key. Okay. So there's no basting involved here. It's super duper easy at this point. In that turkey bag, you shove the. Now you got to clean it out and get all the stuff out of the turkey, whatever. Shove that turkey into the bag, butter it, meaning put butter all over it, salt and pepper all over it, and then the key is you pour an entire beer into the bag. (gasps) And then, this is the key, this is the real key, you turn it upside down in the pan, seal that bag, and that turkey will cook breast down in the liquid and it probably be so moist it's super duper moist it doesn't look amazing when you pull it out so you don't want to like carve it in front of people because yeah. the skin is obviously moist and yeah. kind of gooey looking but just brush that skin back and slice the turkey it's does the... it taste like beer though because i don't like beer no it doesn't <laughs> it at all just it just flavors it really well okay. it does it gives it kind of like a briny sort of a flavor as opposed to like a, a beery yeah. sort of flavor i may have to try that thanksgiving's coming up even if you don't do it in um and beer, you could do it like in chicken broth or anything like yeah. that. But it'll but guarantee that you don't serve a dry turkey and you don't have to baste it. It's the way to go. All right. Full I'm proof. taking this. I'm going to do it this year. Or make ribs. I like that. <laughs> That's the other thing. You do that. I'm going to make some ribs. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I, I appreciate you taking the time to yeah, chat. You're you. uh, both super nice, super cool, uh, very cute couple. I think you got a couple goals all around and... Uh, it's uh, it's kind of neat to to watch you guys go on this journey. And by the way, hit hit your uh, website because I know you've got yeah. some good information on there for families either looking for a surrogate mm-hmm. or wanting to be a surrogate as well. Yeah, all platforms we're at We Are Dane and Sam, but my website is wearedaneandsam.com and just has surrogacy information. We share our blog there and yeah, just form to get to know us. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Thank Thanks you. for having us. My thanks to Dan and Sam for the chat today. They're super cool. You can get to know them a little bit more on all of the usual platforms at We Are Dan and Sam or online at WeAreDanAndSam.com. And my thanks to you for listening again to this episode of Worldwide Celeb. We'll catch you next time. Be sure to like or follow at WW Celeb Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you like the show, please leave a positive review and subscribe to stay up to date on new episodes when they're released. Wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts, Worldwide Celeb is a Wavecast Studio production hosted and produced by Chris Kelly with production and promo support from Adriana Botterill and Justin Simkin. For booking information and more details about the podcast, visit WorldWideCelebPodcast.com.